Welcome to the Parenting Well podcast with Parent Engagement Network. I'm Dr. Shelley Mann, your host, and today you're listening to Parenting Well, where we know that parenting well is challenging and that all parents are the best parents they know how to be. We firmly believe that the foundation for raising happy, healthy youth is for us as parents to fill our own well with useful, reliable, credible information, tools, and strategies. Having a well of resources leaves us more engaged, educated, and empowered to support our children in being strong, resourceful, confident, and resilient in the face of life's many challenges and adventures. So let's fill that well. Today's well source is Colm Walsh. Colm is a professional certified coach with 21 years of teaching experience. After retiring from teaching, he started his own coaching business, coaching students from sixth grade all the way up through graduate school. His mission is that they become happy and comfortable with themselves because he knows that when they do, they can do anything they want in school and in life. He grew up in Denver and he currently lives in Thornton. He is married and has two children. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Shelley. It's a pleasure. Well, let's dig in. Um, when we talk about being an academic life coach, can you tell us a little bit more what that means? Sure. So it basically means that I'm a life coach for students. So we address the common challenges that students have, like lack of motivation, uh, struggles in relationships, disorganization, poor study habits, and even you know anxiety and unwanted feelings and uh, being bullied, uh, habitual lying. So really... Wow. The, the spectrum of things that, that students deal with. <laughs> right. And that makes sense because we bring to the classroom and to our studies all the things that impact us in our normal life. Yes. So what would you say are some of the typical challenges that parents face? For parents, I think they face the challenge of communicating clearly with their children, of feeling like they're playing you know, a useful role in their lives and also being able to give teenagers space to be teenagers, mm. you know, without suffocating them, but also staying in, in touch. I think that parents of teenagers are, are, you know, walk a fine line between, okay, I'm giving my teenager space to be who they want to be, but also uh, I want a relationship with them. You know, I want to interact with them. I want to talk to them. I want to know what's going on with them. So when you work with a family, is it common for you to work with the student as well as the parents, or how does that typically look? Usually I work with the students only, and then I debrief with parents about how the coaching is going on a you know, regular basis. But it has happened that I've coached the student, and then the parent said, hey, will you coach me? And often I coach the parent around his or her relationship with the teenager. With that in mind, our, our parents are now having to be around their children a lot more with the outbreak of COVID-19. And I'm sure that's had an impact on relationship. How do you feel like this has changed the way in which families are interacting with each other on a day-to-day -day basis? And what kind of different things are you having to address with students? Yes, well, clearly lots of family members are spending a lot more time together than they typically do. So 
parents have been calling me with a whole new set of challenges that their students are faced with. Number, you know, boredom, siblings fighting, defiance of parents, and also managing a daily schedule with most of the schools doing sort of a freeform online schooling where they, the, the students don't have to be on at a particular time. They just have assignments that they have to complete at the end of the week. So a lot of students are having difficulty with procrastination, doing work when they really wanted to be done by two in the afternoon. And then I'm noticing that a new challenge for parents with this is that a lot of them are working from home now, which is new to them. And then their children are at home. So they're having to manage their children while they're at home, but they're also expected to work. I've had a couple of parents call me who have just been pulling their hair out about how to manage their kids. You know, for example, I'm working with a couple of uh, brothers right now that are really close in age, just um, getting along. If I'm not working with them on anything academic. It's all about their, their interpersonal relationships. If the children are having a difficult time interacting with each other in the home, then that creates an entire disrupt that has an impact on the rest of the family and all the other different activities that are going on with everybody being in the stay-at-home mode. So what kind of concrete things could you share have been helpful as it relates to siblings? Yeah. One of the coaching tools that's become popular has been brainstorming and really letting your imagination run wild and not putting any limitations on your ideas. Just thinking outside the box about what could you do when you're done with your schoolwork and you have to respect social distancing and you have to respect whatever limitations your parents have put on you for your behavior, et cetera, you know, screen time video games, etc. What could you do? Kids have just come up with some really amazing ways to keep themselves entertained from things that you would suspect, you know, like board games and, and playing cards to uh, hitting golf balls with a baseball bat because they fly <laughs> a lot farther. <laughs> And um, one student shared with me that he uh, and his family created a, a family household uh, Olympics where they do these silly household contests like while you're holding the cup up to the water dispenser, you have to suck as much out of it with a straw as you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Being creative. And students are also asking their parents lots of questions about their parents, about themselves, about their lives that they just typically don't have time to do. Just things they've been curious about, you know, about relatives and, you know, hey, that one time on that trip, you said this. And what was that about? You know, there's things that occur to them that, you know, they, they've got time for these thoughts to occur to them that they've been curious about. That's great. So that's, yeah, it's been interesting. Very cool. And it potentially could um, have their relationship be stronger when we come out of this. For sure. When we talk about a coaching model, I know that it has a very different style to it than typical parent-child interactions, or maybe we could even say discipline strategies with your children. So how would you describe the difference between the typical way of parenting, what we think we're supposed to do versus learning some different skills and strategies around coaching that you can use when you're talking with your kids? Sure. That's a great question. So the default automatic way that parents see themselves in their relationship with their children is that they are the experts on them. And this makes sense because they're, they're older, they have a lot of experience, and they know how to do a lot of things that their children are doing. And, and so that's an appropriate way to think of oneself as a parent. But what happens is they get into that role, we as parents, I'm a parent too, so I'll include myself in this. 
<laughs> is we find it very difficult to remove ourselves from that role or to trust our children as the experts on themselves. So my point is that that expert role is appropriate when it comes to uh, emergencies and plans that have to happen, you know, right now and in a certain way, you know, like there's a deadline that's happening, or like you said, with certain discipline things, you know, that it, it is appropriate and necessary for parents to be the expert, to be the authority and direct their children. But where the coaching model comes in is when your child is, is trying to solve a problem, but there's no emergency. You know, like for example, mom, dad, I, I thought for the longest time that I was going to go to law school and be a lawyer, but I'm, I'm taking this marine bio class and it's so cool. And I, right now, I don't know, I'm thinking science, I'm thinking medicine, you know, what do I do? Or mom, my best friend won't talk to me and I don't, I don't get it. You know, I tried to talk to her and, and I don't know, it's just like, it's just weighing on me. You know, how do I resolve this? So these are situations that are important to the child, but they don't have to get resolved right now. So these situations are a golden opportunity for the coaching model. And what the coaching model requires is that the parents give up the notion that they are the experts on their children and they have to trust that their, that their children are naturally resourceful, creative, imaginative, intelligent, and, and whole, you know, W-H-O-L-E as in, as in nothing missing. And so from that point of view, this, the child has all of the answers to his or her own problem. But the right questions haven't been asked yet, such that he or she could discover them for, for him or herself. So the coaching model starts with a complete paradigm shift with the parent when they notice that, okay, this is where I could take a break from being mom, mom to the rescue or dad to the rescue and jumping in to solve this problem and giving tips and advice and suggesting action. This is where I could take a break and just be curious about my child trust them, listen, and ask powerful questions and let my son or daughter come up with their own solutions. So once you make that mental shift, then you can listen and, and, and listen and listen and ask an open-ended question that starts with what, when, who, to what degree, where, what are your reasons for, don't give tips, don't give advice, don't suggest action, don't say, oh, well, have you thought of this? You know, when your, your child is just explaining a problem to you, a great coaching question is, you know, what do you think about that? I love what you're saying because I think part of the trap that we fall into as parents is when they're younger, we do need to guide them quite a bit more and protect mm -hmm. them for their own safety. And as they get yeah. older, they've been exposed to a lot of other relationships and environments and had their own learnings that might be different from ours. And we know that we're getting ready to prepare them to go into the world and to be able to handle situations for themselves as adults. So I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm thinking, I personally like it when people interact with me that way as a grown-up. you know, that they... Mm -hmm curious about what it is I'm dealing with and help me dig inside myself to figure out what I think and what I feel about something. Yeah. And you know, one of the reasons that this coaching model works so well with teenagers is, is exactly what you just said, is that teenagers really do consider themselves adults. 
<laughs> right? They, 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 they want adult privileges. They want adult freedoms. They want people to think of them that way. I mean, they're not adults, but they, they like to think of themselves that way. So when parents and other adults actually see them as being the experts on themselves, and they just listen and ask questions and let, let, them, let the kids talk, a whole new world opens up and the children come up with their own stuff. And then they go out and they take an action and they produce a result and that result's theirs. They own it. Why? Because they created the action that produced the result and they had the insights that they applied to the right. action. Right. It didn't come from the parent. So, you know, we can suggest and we can tell and we can point to and, and give tips, but that doesn't mean that we're right as parents. It just means that they're ours, that those tips and those suggestions are ours, but it doesn't mean that they're the right ones. Yeah, that's one of the questions I ask my children when they are dealing with something. Sometimes I will just ask their permission and say, would you be interested in hearing what's worked for me or ideas that I might yeah, have? Yeah, that also is part of the coaching model, asking permission. You know, can I share something with you? Or how would you like me to listen to this? Mm, yeah. Do you want me to just listen and get it? Or do you want me to listen from, I'm going to give you a tip or advice? Do you want me to help you figure it out? Or do you just want me to listen and let you talk and you're going to come up with your own solution when you talk? It's such a, like you said, adolescence is such a perfect time because their thinking is changing so much. Their ability to think abstractly and to think about how other people are thinking and feeling. They get consumed with things like their own identity and philosophizing and, you know, arguing as a, as a normal developmental task of a teenager. <laughs> so yeah. I imagine yeah. that under the current circumstances with COVID-19 and a lot of the things that parents are dealing with, that it's helpful to just take a breath and say, this is normal for my kids to be a little angsty or a little claustrophobic or thinking there might be some, some tools or some tips that might help parents step back and get perspective. For sure. So once, you know, once you've engaged a, a child in a few coaching questions, you know, what do you think about that? What do you need to know? Um, where do we go from here in this conversation? You know, what are you most curious about? After they have um, talked and you can see that they're, they're learning something, they're, they're having some insights, you, know, you can say, okay, given all of that, what's an action you're going to take? One thing that's really key to the coaching model is that applying the awareness that comes up, that comes out of the student's mouth, applying that awareness to action. Because without that, it's just an interesting conversation and nothing changes. The problem stays the same. But you're not suggesting interaction. You're not saying, have you thought of this or would you like to do this? You're saying, okay, so what would you like to do? And you let them come up with it. And then once they come up with it, you say, okay, how would you like me to hold you accountable? Now notice I didn't say, I'll hold you accountable this way. I said, how would you like me to hold you accountable? Which mm -hmm. is consistent with the shift of the expert role Teenagers know how they're best held accountable. That's great. So you let them define them. It'd be like, mom, I got this. And you know, you don't need to hold me accountable. Or yeah, could you text me on Thursday? That's when I'm going to talk to my professor. Concrete, actionable steps. Yeah. Yes. Those are just two things that are really 
key to the coaching model. I'm hearing a lot of parents that are very overwhelmed with what they're dealing yeah. with at home. And I yeah. think that when, when, our, when our nervous system is on overload all the time and we're trying to solve problems with work and family and finances and everything that's happening in the world, I think it's difficult to have perspective. And so when I hear the kind of questions that you use as a coach, it requires a level of calmness and presence, I guess. And I'm wondering if there's something parents could do to get themselves in that place where they can have a good conversation with their kiddo. Yeah, that's a great question. What comes to mind right away is they could tell themselves, I don't have to figure this all out right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which basically it, it's a way to shift from having to be the expert all the time. So there's a conflict between two siblings who have been home for eight hours for the past two weeks together and they're fighting and fighting and fighting. Parents feel under tremendous pressure to fix that. If they could stop and say, okay, no, I don't. I could actually consider my children to be the experts on themselves. And then there's coaching questions. Okay, boys, we're going to sit down and talk about all this fighting. Okay, I don't have the solution. I trust you guys have the solution. I believe in you. You guys are intelligent. You're creative. You got great imaginations. I'm just going to ask you some questions. I'm going to let you come up with a solution to this. What What do we do about all this fighting? Or what are the reasons for all the fighting? You know, and then you can throw in a little bit of empathy with, and we can model the empathy to him. What do you think it's like for your brother when you won't share with him? Mm. And even some reversal, how would you feel if you were in your brother's shoes? Yeah. When, when he doesn't want to share with you, what is it that he really cares about? Well, and I'm thinking that if, if I was an overwhelmed parent, and, and my kids were fighting constantly, maybe one of the first steps I would need to do, I don't know, put myself in a quiet place, remove myself for a minute and just sort of take some deep breaths and say, mm-hmm. this isn't the end of the world. We can solve this. I need to calm myself down first <laughs> and then go yeah. out to have a conversation. Yeah. Our children are incredibly resourceful if we just give them a chance. We've trained them to expect the solutions from us, Mm. to want us to give the tips, to give the directive. So it actually, having a coaching conversation with your children sort of for the first time really takes a little setup. Like I know that I've been the one who's been in charge here, but you know what? We're going to shift this around a little bit. We're going to give you guys a shot. I really believe that you can come up with an answer to the conflicts that you've been having. I, I know you guys are smart. I know you can do it. And it'll blow their minds. Your kids will be like, what? See, the cool thing that happens when adults take a coaching mindset and they communicate with a coaching model is that students actually realize it dawns on them that they came up with their own solution and they went out and took their own actions and they produced a desired result. That gives them a confidence that maybe they haven't felt before. Not that they've never felt self-confidence, but it's a particular kind of confidence that they can come up with their own solutions to their own problems. And for a middle schooler or a high school to get that about themselves, for that to Mm -hmm. like get in like, oh my gosh, I did that. No one told me what to do. I figured it out. I went and took an action. And the result is just invaluable. It's an invaluable life skill to have in middle school and high school that you are capable. Mm, yeah, it's empowering. It leaves you feel yeah. empowered to handle situations. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking that one of the things that gets in the way for parents is the desire to protect their kids and not have their kids make mistakes that could be really harmful or have, have long-term impacts. And so I think equally valuable to recognizing that you are capable is also recognizing 
recognizing that you tried something and it didn't work and now you have to try something else. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. What did you learn from that action you took? That didn't work. What are you taking away from that? The thing that I've seen is that if you're choosing for them and you're directing them and something happens, they can blame you for what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. I might have experienced that once or twice with my own kids. <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, as a culture, we with millennials, we've gone to the extreme of the nurturing and the uh, protectiveness. And yeah, it comes from a very loving place. Parents want their kids to be okay. But you know, everything that you read now about millennials, about the rise in anxiety and depression, social anxiety, lack of initiative, you know, lack of self-starterness, that's even, that's even a word, but yeah. you know, so the coaching model is particularly useful right now mm-hmm. uh, for parents that, yeah, there are times when you should protect your kid. You know, there's an emergency, there's an accident, there's some decision that has to be made right now. And there's going to be a lot lost if you don't jump in and be the authority and direct the show. Yeah, definitely. But if it's a situation where that's not the case and your child's trying to figure something out, then you you can just take a break. You can just say, okay, and my child's got this. What do I, what am I curious about? What do I, what do I want to know? All right. What, what's the hardest part for you about this math problem? I feel like it's sort of easy for me to sit here and come up with all of these coaching questions because I've got almost a thousand hours of, of one-on-one coaching with students and I used to train coaches, but it's surprised me when I first got trained as a coach about how easy that shift becomes where, okay, I don't have to solve this for my teenager. You know, she's 17, she's smart, she's got good grades, she's creative, and she can figure this out. Yeah. So what do I want to know? What do I want to ask her so that she can just think about it? That was surprisingly easy shift to make, but it was conscious. I had to actually um, make myself do it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that if, once you get the world view of it, once you get the, the larger picture, and then you just think, okay, I'm going to ask questions that come from this perspective, it, it could be easier. I know I've heard a lot of parents say, can you just give me a list of questions that I can keep with me? <laughs> it, it can be hard. I mean, these are daily habits. If you've got a kiddo that's 16 years old, and you've always used the other paradigm, it's not that easy to just turn on its tail and do it completely different. And I think another place parents can just give themselves a break and say, I'm not going to do this right all the time. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. And you're absolutely right that getting coaching questions into your vernacular takes intentional action. You know, there's PDFs of 549 coaching questions, powerful coaching. They're, they're online, but yeah, you have to read them and they have to get into your brain and you have to think about them. I do workshops for parents on how to use life coaching skills in their parenting. And that was the questions like, how do I know which question to ask? And so I sent the whole class a PDF of, you know, six or 700 coaching questions. So you're right. It does take practice. It's it's kind of a whole nother language. But again, that, that mindset, it, it starts with that mindset shift. She can get this. I don't have to figure this out for her. It starts there. That makes sense. Yeah. And then I like the idea of, of prepping your children and saying, well, I'm doing things a little different and I'm not going to do it perfectly, but I'd like to try this other way of talking to each other and just help me out. You know, let me know. Yeah. So Shelly, do you think it would be useful for us to model right here? I could coach you on something uh, real. It doesn't have to be deeply personal, but <laughs> yeah. it, it should be authentic. And I can use sort of the coaching the problem model or the like I'm the expert on you model and then we can shift and then 
I'll use the coaching model. Would that be useful? Yeah, I think that would be great. Okay, great. Perfect. Okay, so we're going to start with the default automatic way that we mostly listen to other people's problems, including our children, which is that we're the expert. We we know how to figure this out for them. Okay, all right. So go ahead, Shelly, and just describe a problem. It, again, it doesn't have to be deeply personal, but it should be real. Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind, and especially as it relates to COVID-19 and how life has changed, is that I am struggling to be as productive. I'm having difficulty having a daily schedule that works well for me. Um, And I think in part, it's because prior to this, there were certain things in place that created a schedule for me to some extent. And I will just Mm -hmm. tell you that by nature, I am a person that can resist schedules anyway. (laughs) Um, I'm a visionary. I'm a creative thinker. I like to do things that feel right in the moment. Um, And my, my, my work and my life are set up in a way where I have a lot of flexibility. I can kind of use that side of me, which I think is actually a strength. Um, I think I'd be really limited in my ability to, to do a lot of the work I do if I had to follow a strict schedule. But I am noticing that it's in the way. Um, it's in the way of, you know, sleeping in too late or not doing my workouts when I normally would. Just stuff that is normally a part of my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what about making a schedule for yourself every day that allows for that creativity and that free thought and spontaneity, but also has the nuts and bolts of here's what I got to do. And here's my schedule. Yeah, I've tried that. I think that's where the resistance comes in for me, where I'll have a schedule and I'll have good intentions, but then something will come up or I won't feel like doing it. And then I switch it around and then the whole thing is kind of lost. All right, let's stop right there. Okay. So now describe the same problem but I'm gonna take a coaching mindset here that you have the answers. So did you notice that I, I, ge- I just gave you a suggestion for action? Yeah. Okay, so how about you just sum up what you just said? My schedule is completely out of whack with COVID-19 and the stay at home orders. And I'm, I'm really basically just not being as productive as I think I typically am. And I'm not doing some of the activities that I would normally do. And I'm doing other activities I would not normally do, like sleeping in. <laughs> yeah. What's productive for you? Um, productive is that when I sit down to do work, let's, I write a lot. So let's just use that as an example. Typically, I kind of stumble around for a few minutes as I get into the space of writing. Um, and then I get lost in it to the, ex- to the extent that sometimes I, I don't recognize time, space. Um, it's effortless. It's fun. And then when that happens, I feel like I'm being very productive. Yeah. What are you learning about yourself right now? I'm learning that it does work for me to just sit down and even stumble through it a little bit if it's not working for me right away um, and get to a place where I'm kind of in a flow, so to speak, where it's really, really working, but not expecting it to be perfect right away. Yeah. And how does what you just said relate to the initial problem that you brought up? Um, I don't think that I am creating that space. I've become more relaxed in my day-to-day activities instead of having my typical 90-minute work time where I, I turn my phone off and I don't look at email and I just sit down and I do whatever it is that's the most important task for the day. Um, I'm finding that I'm not, I'm not creating space for that. Yeah. Okay. So now if this were a full coaching session, I'd say, okay, that's an awesome awareness. What would you like to do with that? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But let's just look for a second. Like for you, what was the difference in those two conversations? 
the first thing I thought after the first conversation was that if I were a teenager and you told me to do that, um, I immediately sort of felt like, well, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So it it kind of tuned in for me why kids might rebel. So that's how I kind of felt in the first one. The the mantra I kind of had around that is I'll create the schedule, then I'll get up, I won't follow the schedule, then I'll be bummed at myself for not following the schedule and then rinse and repeat, right? Which isn't empowering for me. Um, The second time I felt like you were interested in what mattered to me and I felt like you were curious about what has worked for me in the past and a little bit of why it matters to me. Yeah. And which one of those conversations had you see potentially an action that you could take in the near future? Yeah, the second one, definitely. It, it had me see action, but it also left me feeling better about it. I think what happened was I gave myself a little bit of a break and said, oh, it's actually not as bad as you're creating it to be. You're still getting stuff done and subtle shifts might make a really big difference. Yeah. So there's the difference right there. In the first one, I asked you one question that was, have you tried this? I know how to solve this for you. You could make a schedule. That's the I'm the expert paradigm. But in the second conversation, I said, okay, Shelly's got this. Shelly's intelligent. Shelly's resourceful. She's got it. So I just asked you three questions. What's productive for you? and then a couple more, and you were able to see that it wasn't that big of a deal. You haven't been giving yourself space to be able to just write or have that creative time. Yeah. And you could see a possible action to take. Yeah, definitely. And I can see how that would be not only helpful for young people in terms of their own goals, but also would have the relationship between parents and children be stronger. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Well, this has been really helpful. And I think it's a very concrete strategy for parents. How can people get a hold of you if they're interested in coaching or learning more about this? Yeah, well, um, because of the economic downturn, you know, I have discounted all of my coaching sessions through the end of the current school year to $75 a session. So you can get in touch with me via my website, which is humanbyhuman.com. That's bywhumanbyhuman.com. My email is info at humanbyhuman.com. Or you can call me at 303-656-7708. And I uh, have a a free 45-minute consultation to discuss your children and, and the possibility of the academic life coaching program. So feel free to get in touch. Excellent. And I will include that information in the show notes for today's podcast as well. It has been such a pleasure having you with us on the podcast. You push parents to look for some unique, different strategies that could be more effective. So it's just been an honor to have you on the show. So I appreciate oh. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Shelly. This has been a lot of fun and you know, I love what I do. I love working with kids. I love working with parents. And um, thank you so much for the opportunity to share all this. We want to thank Radio 1190 for letting us use their space. If you like what you heard today and want to become a sponsor or make a donation, you can find us at penbv.org. That's P-E-N-B-V.org. We hope today's conversation has added to your parenting well. Having a well of resources leaves us more engaged, educated, and empowered to support our children in being strong, resourceful, confident, and resilient in the face of life's many challenges and adventures. I'm Dr. Shelley Mann, and you've been listening to Parenting Well Podcast. Until next time, happy parenting.